Welcome back to Dice to Pixels, episode 30. 30. 30. 30? Everything gets achier and tireder from here on. Uh, I don't know. I tend to differ because I was quite the partier when I was 30. Nope. Lies. And besides, cocaine doesn't count. Oh, yeah. Shit. And also, I'm in my mid-30s and my back hurts all the time. Yeah, but yeah. you've got all that sexy to carry, so... <laughs> well played, sir. Uh, all right. So uh, the hot topic for today is, of course, wizards. I, I think this will be the last uh, word in the saga around the OGL changes. God, I since hope Since so. they announced it uh, just earlier today, that uh, earlier yesterday for you watching, that uh, they have released the entire SRD 5.1 under the Creative Commons 4.0 license. Which is pretty wild. And I think they screwed up. And we'll get into that in just a second. <laughs> I'm very curious. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, great news for everybody who was, uh, for all the other publishers. Uh, I was really surprised by this move. Um, this is not one of the outcomes I had ever expected. Keeping no. the OGL 1.0A, I was like, sure, I can see that happening. Absolutely. Actually releasing it all under Creative Commons, it a little bit mind blowing. So um yeah, pretty wild. Uh great news for anyone who's doing DD content. Uh good news for all the people who were super grumpy about it. And uh I think they fucked up. So here's why. If you look at the SRD 5.1, there are terms like beholder still in there which means that those terms are now Creative Commons, which Wizards has been very careful about for a lot of years, making mm -hmm. sure that Beholders was their property. And as far as I can tell, that's no longer the case as of today, <laughs> yesterday. So I'm kind of tempted to go through and just make a full list of all of them and just like put out a, a, a tweet chain of just like all of these are no longer protected or are protected or... Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, it, well, so, okay. So a little bit about the Creative Commons license. Um, basically what the Creative Commons license was created to do. I'm not a lawyer and I'm not going to claim that it does this, but what it was created to do is uh, essentially unwind copyright. So the idea is that if you create something, uh, it is copyrighted and you are the one who controls how that is disseminated. Uh, reproduced, etc. Anyone who makes something derivative of it or anything else that, depending on how derivative, that is your copyright and you have copyrights. Ah, oddly enough. What? So, <laughs> so Creative Commons is what's commonly referred to as a copyleft license. It if it exists with the goal of essentially unwinding copyright to the point where the license term. In, in the license, it actually specifies that the term mm -hmm. is the same term as the copyright would be. Okay. So basically they are, the term beholder is no longer protected by copyright, possibly. I believe that to be the case. Okay. Do not take that as legal <laughs> advice. <laughs> um, but in the original SRD, mm -hmm. well, SRD 5, um, they call out all proper names and then a whole bunch of other terms. I actually have it up on my laptop, but it doesn't really matter. The point is 
Beholder is specifically called out as an exempt, as something that is not under the OGL 1.0. So you cannot use it. That's why there's been all this stuff about, you know, we can't name our beholder beholders. It's a gazer or it's mm -hmm. a, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, for years, this has been an issue yeah. because wizards owned the copyright on beholder. As far as I can tell, as of today, they don't. They have released that to the public, which is going to be interesting. And I I think they screwed up. I think they were supposed to take that out of the document before. You guys are writing stuff in the document. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not repeating that on screen. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah. Uh, I There's a bunch of different names and everything. So basically... It used to be proper names and a whole bunch of other terms were specifically excluded. Yep. All of that text is gone. It just does not exist in the document anymore. Basically, they mm. took the first two pages that had the OGL spelled out yep. and they just replaced it with one page, a blank page, and one page that just has the Creative Commons 4 disclaimer. Pretty sure they screwed up. I'm pretty sure they were supposed to go through and remove those terms. But now that they've published it, it's done. It's irrevocable. It's mm -hmm. public. People have downloaded it. I've downloaded it. Yeah. It's out there. It is officially licensed under Creative Commons. They cannot unwind it. So they can't even like say this is an update to our license. Nope. Interesting. The Creative Commons license are specifically designed to not allow for that. The only way that it, again, not a lawyer. I want to be very clear. The only way for it to be terminated is if you violate the terms of the license and that license pretty much says you can do whatever the hell you want. So it's pretty hard to turn, <laughs> to violate the terms of that license. Uh, the only way would be to like not attribute them. Like to be clear, if you use the terms, you would still have to say like this includes like wizards, uh, like uh, creative commons yeah. property or whatever. But you can still use it. Whereas before you couldn't. There Nobody got licensed to use the, the name Beholder. People still used it occasionally illegally, mm -hmm. but like wizards maintained for the longest time that they owned that word and you can't use it. As far as I can tell, that and many other words that are in that document are no longer copyrighted. Mm -hmm. Or well, they are effectively not copyrighted mm -hmm. by wizards anymore. And it's a hell of a meaty document too. It was like 403 pages for this this SRD uh, 5.1 and... Oh man. Well, it's, it's, so I actually went through, I did not go <clears> through <throat> with a fine tooth comb, but I went through it and this appears to be, as I said, literally the other SRD word for word. I didn't see any changes just with the first two, uh, first two pages that spelled out license. They just swapped those out. So this can, <clears throat> this contains all of the races, all of the spells, yeah. all of the everything. And there are even like specific names, uh, of, uh, I'll find one in just a minute, but uh, if you just go to the old SRD, which as of filming is still available on their website, if it's not up, just drop a message in the description, in the comments, and we'll post it somewhere, as I'm sure many other people will as well. But um, but ours is special. That's right. We get it from us because we're better. Um, there are words that were explicitly called out as not a, not allowed in the old one that are still in that document. So it will be very, very interesting to see what people do with that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the it, floodgates will open. Yeah, well, I mean, I used Beholder specifically because that's been a popular, like, I think everybody that's ever been in the gaming sphere in any significant ways, you know, knows about the Beholder issue. There are so many games that have Beholders that don't call them Beholders because yeah. Wizards has had this stranglehold on the term. Uh, and and I I don't think they do anymore. And so, even, even lately, like the, the beholders almost become like the, the prototypical, um, I guess like mascot for D and D more or less. Cause yeah. with a lot of, with a lot of, uh, a lot of, I, whenever people are talking about D and D or you see like D and D ad advertising and all that stuff, it's usually you'll, you'll see a beholder. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the magic set, the forgotten realms magic set. Um, a lot of the box art and everything else. I, I don't know about all of it because I bought a bunch of them, but I don't remember what all of them had. Mm-hmm. But the Beholder was a main feature in in the art for that as well. Yep. Um, they've like they've leaned into it heavily over the years because mm-hmm. they had this hold on it, and I' pretty sure they screwed up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be interesting. I'm very curious to see if other people start picking up on that and uh, whether whether Wizards says anything about it or just tries to kind of like if i were them there's nothing they can do about it as far as i know so i just shut my mouth about it and hope nobody notices yeah Yeah. fortunately for them this podcast won't get that many views (laughs) (laughs) but let's be honest there's lots of people that are going to be pouring through that document right now i'm not the only one that will have noticed that yes (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, so anyways, go ahead and take a look yourself. Uh, there are terms in there that I'm pretty sure they never meant to be publicly available. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Other than that, I mean, it's it's obviously, it's great. Uh, they did a complete 180 on a bunch of stuff. They have gone the exact opposite route that they were planning on. Uh, originally, they said they wanted to be able to like pull licenses and stuff if people were being offensive. They obviously don't have that ability anymore yeah uh, i was very wrong that that was i last week i said that i don't think that was going to change and that definitely changed which floored me uh yeah so anyways that's that pretty much wraps it up for the wizard stuff uh we're still going to play some other uh ttrpgs in the near future i'm hoping three four weeks from now uh i'm hoping that we will do an episode about alternative systems uh mm-hmm. i'm going to run through a bunch of them i think we're going to try and maybe play a session or two of of a couple of them uh, i've been fishing for some suggestions on discord and people have been giving them which is great mm-hmm. and uh we'll do a we'll do a little sort of debrief yeah that'll be cool about that stuff i yeah. think it'll be fun yeah yeah because i've always been i've always been interested in reading the pathfinder because I mean, you've talked about it several times with Pathfinder and Starfinder, yeah, and um, and how much you, how much you like that system more than the D and D system. Well, not sorry, the action economy. Yeah, the action, in, the action setup in Pathfinder yeah. two, uh, and Starfinder, I find much much yeah. better. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious. I, I'd like to just read through it. I mean, it's what I do. So you read um, textbooks. I do, Nerd. which is funny because I never did when I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> just the wrong material I, history books i found fascinating yeah, i like the i like the history mm-hmm. reading through the history uh the history texts and stuff but i i think this is probably an unpopular opinion but uh i actually wish that you could get essentially history books of like Faerun. i would find those more interesting yes. than mm-hmm. the narrative versions that they do 
It's what um, I liked about the uh, the Sword Coast Adventures Guide, is it was yeah. just the entire book was just the history of the Sword Coast. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. they haven't done more books like that because people do want to know the lore. I assume they just don't sell as well. Probably not. Yeah. Well, and also too, there's a lot of lore that's put into a bunch of like module, like with Descent into Avernus. There was a bunch of lore that was dumped into that. Yeah. As well, right? That you wouldn't find in the Sword Coast. I yeah. I mean, if they were if they were clever, if they were actually clever, uh, well, I don't know if the economy of this would actually work out or not, but. I think that if they were clever, they would do all of that, publish whatever, and then they would do like a, a synopsis in a history format. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead of reading these 18 books with all the narration and everything else, you can just buy this like history of Faerun vol- volume one to whatever. The pocketbook. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like what um, Beetle and Grimm does when they have their box sets. They have each like yeah. section of the book broken down into smaller, like easier to page through books so i imagine they probably do that with um the lore in those books then as well i would think yeah probably yeah i I think that that would be a great idea um but i don't know how many people would actually buy them so it may be well okay if this is the sample set i think they'd do well but i'm not (laughs) i'm not sure we're representative uh yeah i i mean i think they'd do well but Mm -hmm. then again what do i know i Probably not worth it for them to try and re-release it in a different form. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things too, where with a lot of that lore being in place for so many years and a lot of people that have been playing the game for, you know, decades, a lot of this stuff that they, they already know. So I think collectors would probably buy it. Uh, I will caveat that to say they think they know. Oh, right. Yeah. Because nobody reads the player's handbook. Well, it's not that. It's... um. It's the fact that it changes. Like we talked mm-hmm. about this uh, a while back. Yeah. And they like what they did in fizz bands with the uh, dragons and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, honestly, I think it'd be great if they had like a, a canonical reference. Like they'd almost have to do it digitally. I don't think it would work well as a paper yeah. uh, offering because yeah. that way they could update it. But if they if you could like get the canonical history of, of Faerun slash whatever, um that was always like guaranteed to be up to date, even if it was like part of D and D beyond where you have to pay a dollar for access or something. Uh, then you could quickly look stuff up and know what the current state of things are. Cause like they retcon things mm-hmm. and that can actually be really distracting for someone who thinks they know the lore. And then somebody at the table who read something more recent is like, no, you're wrong. And oh. the, the rules lawyer at the table. Think of the wars that could begin from that. I could begin, can they? I'm sure they happen all the time. Yep. I do it in game where it's just like, all right, both of you are 1v1ing each other right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to have fist fights, but if you roll a natural 20, then you win. <laughs> the other one just instant dies. Yeah. <laughs> the the bad hammer of history comes down and smites you. <laughs> Damn it, he put habanero peppers on my pizza. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think that would be a useful resource. So, wizards, come on. Uh, we're wizard shills, right? So yep. wizards, uh, come on. Do they still haven't sent me my hat yet. Or our checks. For or our checks. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, maybe it's because I just told the world that they uncopyrighted Beholder. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, I think that a history book would be super cool. I would probably read that. I would be more likely to read that than the actual uh, modules. Mm. Big time. Yeah, it'd be easier for writing your own stuff and 
And you wouldn't have to buy everything. everything. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you bought one of the packs from D and D Beyond, and that was expensive. And then like we have basically all of the source books, and that takes up two shelves in our bookshelves. And yeah, I bought the whatever legendary bundle mm-hmm. that came with everything with D and D Beyond, but I did that I don't know four or five years ago. So um, I don't have everything anymore, mm-hmm. and like I don't want to have to buy the bad example because i'm pretty sure there's nothing in there but i don't want to be forced to buy the acquisitions incorporated book on the off chance that there's something that applies to the sword coast from it Mm -hmm. um i don't think there is i think it's completely separate but i don't know right (laughs) (laughs) uh so it'd be it'd be great to be able to just have a guaranteed up-to-date uh version of the history just as a reference yeah because I think with Ravnica, it was, um, I think the Ravnica had the Minotaur race. I think. I'm probably wrong. And oh, I don't know. Could there be. was another um, Strixhaven, I think, introduced. Uh, the Owl like, The Owl. Yeah. Like they were like an owl. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, something like that here and there. But I do agree, like an amalgamated version of just like all of that would be great. <laughs> Yeah, and just like the history around like the lines of dragons and stuff, because I know that's been screwed with several times. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that would be maybe it never comes up, maybe it's not a big deal. But on the other hand, it'd be really nice to have an actual canonical yep. version of that. Yep. So, yeah. Which I think is part of the reason that some people I mean, we talked about it again a few weeks ago. We did an episode where we we talked about some of the the like build your own campaign versus buy the source books and everything. Um, And I think part of the reason why more people are moving to more homebrew is just because it's hard to keep track. Yeah. If you want to stay true to the the current lore that's in there, then Mm. yeah, it's hard to keep track. Otherwise you could just make up your own in that world to begin with. But yeah, absolutely. But Um, then if you do run into situations where, the lore is important and it goes against what you've already been talking about, then that kind of screws stuff up. Well, and the other problem that I've had, and I haven't had this very often because I've only ever tried to run like one thing in official D&D. But the other problem that I've had is, you know, one of the people, if you say we're running in the Sword Coast, for instance, uh, one of the people at the table knows the history. And then they're like, no, that's not right. And it kind of upsets me that that's not right. Even if they don't like, call it out and want to argue about it they're still kind of like well that's not how it goes (laughs) (laughs) and it's like that's fair like if you're if you're invested into the story which you have every right to be as a DD player like good for you for keeping track of it i don't want to be the person that's annoying you at the table by not knowing the actual history so and i think that that's that's fair true of an increasing number Mm -hmm. of dms i think that's a fair statement but yeah. I just, I just try not to care <laughs> about anything ever. <laughs> well, you know, going into, going into something like that, like I don't, it, I, I'll read up on certain things just so like if my character knows something about Baldur's Gate, right? Like I'll read up on Baldur's Gate specifically for that, but it's not like I'm going to lose my shit because... No, but the hard part is when somebody's been playing for twenty years yeah, yeah. and they and they've played sort of exclusively in the Sword Coast. Like it's it's hard for them to mm-hmm. 
to jump around to different games that all have like their own little flavor of the Sword Coast. Like you almost want to, as a player, you almost want to be either we're doing the lore or we're just not doing the lore. Mm -hmm. And since I, as a DM, don't want to have to learn that, I've always steered clear and and done my own stuff. Created their own story. Yeah. So, but I can totally get it from a player perspective. Like I, I would find that slightly annoying mm-hmm. if i if i came to a different game and was like no everything you know about this area is wrong it's like oh oh shit ah uh, that sucks <laughs> <laughs> so i get it uh, it's not baldur's gate it's heimdall's fence <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um yeah so anyways moving on from D stuff uh was there anything I will, say, I will say to? this. I oh. hope this is the last we fucking talk about this OGL shit. Well, I, I mean, I, I understand it's been like, like big news, but it's just holy crap. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what else there could be to talk about at this point because they have released it under Creative Commons. Yeah. Like they can't undo it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we're done with it because this was a pretty permanent solution. Mm-hmm. So, thank. What have you guys been playing? I've been playing something fun, but I, I've been talking too much already. So what have you guys been playing? You talk first. Oh, well then. Um, I Aged decided before to before be... beauty. Well, it's true. I mean, I got both you fuckers in patch. So I... <laughs> <laughs> um, I decided to be a race car driver. Uh, nice. I So uh, Game Pass, love Game Pass. Um, there was I, I had this mood for uh, racing games. Um, I tried Forza... On a recommendation, I decided to start with Forza 4, uh, Forza Horizon 4. Um, got into it a bit, was liking it, but I wanted something that was more, um, I guess, linear, like racetracks, not open map with just certain sections, you know, sectioned off and stuff like that. I just wanted like specific tracks. Uh, so there was a game on there called Grid Legends. And it's the the recent and it's the recent entry in the grid series. Um, just just a racing game. Yeah. Uh, they had a a really good story mode in it with some live action cutscenes that were actually pretty well done. I was quite surprised with it. Uh, the racing is great. It was a good game. Uh, I played through that, enjoyed the story, and uh, the end of the story kind of connects to the their career mode where uh, one of the engineers on the team in the main story separates and creates a, its own team and says, Oh, we'll start from the beginning. And then that is like the separate career mode that you go through. So you, you're still the same driver you were, which is just un like nameless driver. Yeah. You were number 22. Um, but you, so you st- stay in that position, but now you're starting from the, the, from the rookies and you're trying to work your way back up into the pro circuit. And it's been fun. I've been having a blast of it. Um, but then Xbox decided to go and, uh, have their developer direct on Wednesday and, uh, the, uh, creators of the evil within, uh, Tango Gameworks, they, uh, announced and showed a trailer for this game called Hi-Fi Rush and then said basically, yeah, it's available now on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. So I downloaded that on the good old Xbox. Um, it's really cool. It's a very bright, vibrant, colorful world. Um, it's, I would say it's very similar to a devil may cry meets a rhythm based game. What I mean, excuse me, is, uh, throughout the game, there's always like music playing, 
but you can see these visual cues on the walls and even the little companion that you have kind of floating beside you will like blink to like the beat yeah, of the it's, song, it's right? A, it's a rhythm game. Yeah. Right? So you're basically timing your, your attacks to this beat and by keeping up to the beat, you do more damage to other enemies and the all the enemies attacks are to the same beat. So it makes it easier to kind of predict when they're going to attack because of this. Mm. So it's, it's pretty decent. I've, I've started playing it. I've got it in, I think the third level right now. Um, I'm having a fun with it. It's just a straight up fun, different little game, you know? Cool. So. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. I've been playing uh heart space shipbreaker. It's, um, you're just breaking, like breaking down ships. You're a salvager in space. Space. I was just going to ask: Are we talking spaceships or ship ships? Spaceships. Nice. Yes, it is. It's like Power Wash Simulator, where you're just going in and doing the job. I have a type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. So I've been playing the hell out of that. All right. Yeah, it's good times. Except when you blow yourself up by not being able to pull out a reactor fast enough and putting it away someplace and you blow yourself up oh interesting yep so not quite like power no there's death in this one and also what was it what do we a billion over a billion dollars you start off over a billion dollars in debt well yeah i mean inflation's a bitch right Right? (laughs) cool i just bought a new tv yeah um I've been playing Graveyard Keeper, yes. which is, uh, I think Sarah described it as a... Uh, spooky, spooky Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah, spooky Stardew Valley, which uh, kind of right, except I would go so far as to say, um, like, horrific Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I started playing it last night. Yeah. Um, you get into cannibalism in the first, what, two minutes? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then the skull, the skull talking that was, yeah. yeah. I heard, the second I heard that last night when she was playing it, I was like, what the hell is that? I'm like, is that, is that an NPC? And Sarah's like laughing like, yeah. So then I just sat there still going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it starts at cannibalism and gets progressively darker from yep. there. Yep. So, uh, I'm loving it. I, yeah. I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I've put, uh, I don't know, uh, whatever 84 game days is in real time. Uh, they're, you know, game days are, are oh, minutes. Yeah. They're yeah. not, well, yeah, like maybe 20 minutes a day or something like that. Something like that. And sleeping makes them go faster. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of fun. The tech tree and the crafting is pretty in depth. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was not expecting that. That was very in depth. the The whole sort of game revolves around. I'm not going to spoil the storyline because I think it's worth letting it unveil itself. <laughs> uh, there's not that much to it, but it's pretty awful. Um, but the whole game sort of revolves around improving your graveyard and church so that you can get more. Uh, we'll call them patrons for now um, to your church. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's pretty wild. I'm really enjoying it. So Another game I'm playing that uh, I forgot to mention too is called Pentiment. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's a visual novel. I didn't quite know, realize it was a visual novel when I started. I knew there was a lot of reading involved with it, but it's um, 
it takes place in the 16th century, I believe it is. Hmm. And it's a, a writer um, writing his, or copying, I guess, a copy of uh, his magnum opus okay. or opus or whatever you want to say um, at a Big monastery. Story. <laughs> yeah, a monastery. And uh, all the art style is like the style of the books of that time and all like the graffiti okay. in the margins and stuff. And then the different people like peasants have a different writing type in their speech bedibles versus the, the main character versus um, the clergy and stuff. It's, it's kind of interesting that way. So interesting. Yeah. Very I'm cool. not super far in it yet, but it's enjoyable. Fair enough. It's available on game pass. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, there's a few games on game pass that I need to, take a look at i'm hoping soon i will have a lot more time on my hands to do that with um one quick note because i was going to mention it i'm sure people have seen it but um if you are an amazon prime subscriber amazon prime gaming is giving away in there i mean they give away games all the time but uh the next month so starting february like second i think you can download uh one of the elder scrolls games i believe it's oblivion but I might be lying and it might be Morrowind. But either way, it's a free Elder Scrolls, so definitely worth the download. I'll be grabbing it for sure. Because really I is. don't think I own it for PC. Hmm. Could be wrong, though. It could be in my Steam library already. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put it past me to have it. Um, yeah. And I've been meaning to... <clears throat> I'm going to cough for a second. I've been meaning to tell you, Sarah, for a couple of weeks now, my buddy Aaron mm -hmm. uh, played through Immortality. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> he had thoughts? Yeah. So so he loved it, mm -hmm. for starters. But uh, we were talking about it. And I think what he said sort of jives with my experience in that he said, it's an absolute work of art. Yes. But he's not sure about it as a game. <laughs> I don't disagree at all. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I I need to try it again. So I tried it a while back. I don't mm -hmm. remember if I mentioned that on the podcast or not, but I tried it a while back and uh, I couldn't get into it because I approached it as a game. Mm -hmm. And I think I need to go back. So I, I was describing to Aaron, um, you know, those um, logic puzzles where it's like, Chad won't sit next to Sarah if she's wearing a purple sweater, but, you know, Lucy... She knows I hate that sweater. <laughs> Lucy won't sit at a table with daffodils and, like, all that shit, and then you have to, like, map it out and do, like, the logic graph. I think I need to go back into that game and, like, treat it as a logic graph and, exactly. like, make that, yep. and then I think I will enjoy the shit out of it. Yes. Because that's my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I went into it as a game, and I... Uh, like as a as a video game that I could just sit there and play, and it's pretty clearly not no. that. <laughs> like I didn't even have a scrap of paper with me or anything. I was just like going through shit, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm lost. <laughs> I didn't even approach it with like a scrap of paper type thing. I'm just like, whatever, I'll just go through this, and <coughs> like I I still enjoyed it that way yeah. without like trying to build the logic tree. I think I kind of sub consciously had something I like think that but have to. Yeah, yeah yeah but, but I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna approach it differently yeah because the one like i agreed with him in terms of like the it it is like i didn't feel like it was watching some footage created for a game it felt like you were actually watching footage that had been produced for movies yeah, yeah. so on that like they nailed it it's yeah. just that the actual like 
watch all those footage to answer questions. I'm like, I don't even know what the questions are, <laughs> which is the point, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I I got to try it again at some point. But Aaron and I were talking about it just the other day. And uh, yeah, he, he said like he played it through, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and I thought he summed it up well that it's like it's an absolute work of art. I'm not sure about it as a game. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't even know how you would classify that. Yeah, that it, game, quote unquote. Like all I can picture is uh, back when the CD thing started, ha- like when the Sega CD came out. Uh, games like uh, uh, Night Trap, um, where you were just watching full motion video, but you had to click a button to change a camera in order to catch uh, certain you know, enemies yeah, before yeah. they actually do something. Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I know. No, not Metal Gear. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, yeah, but like, like something like that. I don't, it's, what would you constitute a game? Because like, to me, like I, I find the point and click stuff. I don't really consider that a game, like well, a video game. Well, look, I mean, if we can call the original iteration of Minecraft a video game, which I think everybody did, then we can definitely call Immortality a game, right? I mean, there was zero point to the original Minecraft. You mm-hmm. you just broke stuff and crafted stuff, period. Um, so, like, there's no more point to that than there is Immortality. There's less in the original Minecraft, like, mm-hmm. structure or point to the game than there is in Immortality. So, like, that's fine. It's more that... Um, it's an interesting mechanic with a game that you you have to with Minecraft you just you just decide you're going to do something and you go and do it. With Immortality it's like yeah, you can decide that you're going to like find out about this specific thing, but there's also actually something that the game wants you to do. Yeah. that it doesn't make in any way clear to you. Um which is different, but it doesn't make it any less of a game. It's mm-hmm. just it wasn't what I was prepared yeah, for. Yeah, it's a different type. It's more like an art puzzle game. Yeah. I think for something like Immortality, and probably I, I assume her story as well, the word art needs to be in that descriptor of that game. Well, the same could be said about Pentiment then. Well, no, Pentiment is a visual novel game. It's still a like point and click though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, but there, there's I a difference. I consider it art just for the style of the game alone. Well, I, I mean art in more like the thumb up one's butt type of art <laughs> the pejorative art yeah um so so he, we actually talked a little bit about her story as well uh, yeah. i have not played it but no. uh but aaron said uh in that you actually uh, and i i should check it out uh he said you're actually querying a system for information oh. so unlike immortality where it's sort of just like i'm gonna click here and see what happens and then here and see what happens with that with her story apparently you were actually like like asking a system questions. So even though you were still, it was almost like you don't have to work to answer the question. My understanding again, I haven't played it, but it it sounded like you didn't really have to work to answer the question. You had the only part that you were working on was figuring out what the right question Question was. was. It's that almost sounds more like text-based games back in the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I DOS think era. similar in yeah. in nature. Whereas immortality, it's like they were they almost were like, oh, it was super cool that like you had to figure out what the question to ask was. What if we made it so you also have to figure out the answers? <laughs> it's like that's fine. It's just not what I was prepared for. Yeah. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try it again next time I have some time. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna try it again. But this time I'm gonna like sit down with a notebook and I'm gonna actually like try to graph out like, okay. Let's find out about this person and, and what they're doing and who they are and whatever. I think if I do it that, if I take a more systematic approach, I will enjoy it because I do like that sort of like mm-hmm. puzzle. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't prepared for that when I, <laughs> <laughs> I clicked around those videos for a while and I was like, this is really cool and the footage is great and everything else. But I don't like I spent, I don't know, an hour maybe clicking around stuff and I'm like, I could have just opened the game two minutes ago. I, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, that doesn't change anyway. When you take a systematic approach, you're still kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, we actually, uh, Aaron and I talked a little bit about strategies uh, that I'm going to try. I'm not going to say them because I want to know if they work before I, I say them out loud. But uh, I, I'm going to take a very systematic approach and see if there is actually uh, tricks that the developers have left in that you can actually specifically find what you're looking for if mm. you structure your questions. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe it is just sort of like clicking around and hoping for the best, but uh, I'm, I'm going to take a 100% systematic approach to it and see if that exists, if you can actually make use of that. I I think you might be able to. I think so too, based on a little bit that I was exploring. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know what immortality is, uh, this entire conversation has been a waste of your time. But um, Go to the website. I have a review there. There is a review there by Sarah, which is great. And also, uh, it's on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass and feel like checking it out. I mean, I don't feel like I wasted time clicking around for the while. It's just that I I didn't feel like I had played a game either. (laughs) I felt like I had watched little snippets of a movie. Yeah. So... So if you guys are into games like that, um, there's a few that I'd recommend only, and I'm only going to recommend because I haven't played them, but uh, it just sounds like something that would be up yours out, up your alleys. Uh, one is called not for broadcast Mm. where I want to play that one. Yeah. You're, you work for a television network, I believe, and you have to censor certain information so that the public doesn't hear it, but you can choose whether to oblige or not. It's like the um, TV version of Papers, Please. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that one. And then uh, Return of the Ober Din, uh, which was you're investigating an old uh, seafaring vessel and trying to discover how the crew were all killed. Hmm. And I think those would be two games I think you two would really, yep. really enjoy. I might have to check them out. Yeah. If I have a lot of time coming up, I will (laughs) check it out. Um, I may be making a significant change in career very soon. So that's why I keep saying if I, if I end up having more time. Um, Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'll, I'll check those out for sure. But yeah, I, I keep, I kept meaning to bring it up because I know you played through Immortality and liked it. And we talked about it. We had a whole episode talking about it. Uh, And yeah, Aaron and I were on a call and we were chatting about it and, uh, his, his impression was not dissimilar to mine, except that he actually finished it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, but Chad, I actually want to go back to this racing thing because uh, I've been thinking about getting into racing games. Cool. Depends on what, 
Like, are you into like the sim stuff or do you prefer the arcadey kind of aspects? Well, I like both, but I was actually just, I, I'm over here while you guys were dicking around in the documents. I was over here searching Amazon for like a driving rig and, <laughs> and steering wheel and stuff. <laughs> like I'll, um, I'll say for, man, you can't go wrong with Gran Turismo. Honestly, like for the full blown sim aspect of, of driving, Gran Turismo's always nailed it. I thought Forza was the new one that was the best. Well, Forza Horizon is more of a kind of arcadey. It's it's not full blown arcadey, but it's it's just kind of at that point. But it never goes over it. There's still a lot of sim aspects to it, but it's not full blown arcadey. I think Horizon was to try and attract more uh to attract more gamers to the franchise okay. and hope hopefully like they'd be the ones that be like, Oh, well I, I should go play Forza Motorsport then. I see. Um, yeah. Forza, Forza Motorsport is their like sim heavy one. So in fairness, if I buy one of these uh, $2,000 racing cockpits, it comes with the like racing driver training software. <laughs> oh my God. So I mean, turn well, left. Right. Turn left. No, again. no, no. My understanding is that this is actually um, in the same. I'm talking out of my ass here. I'm basing this on like some Amazon text. Um, but my understanding here is that this is the sort of thing that if you want to, in the same way that you would use a bike trainer to train between races and stuff, mm -hmm. this looks like it. there is a, an actual full on like physics simulation racing game that's not really a game it just simulates yeah. racing and like these things have like the whole nine yards sequential shifters you know uh you know racing brakes everything um and it's like a subscription software that costs a fairly substantial amount of money but you get like a year free if you buy i'm not buying a two thousand dollar <laughs> racing cockpit but uh Apparently that exists. I think that's a legitimate thing. So anyways, uh, I'm yeah. not going to buy that, but uh, <laughs> I kind of do want a, a racing seat in my simulator that has a five point harness because I feel like that's just so <laughs> fucking pretentious. <laughs> I'm going to go real fast here. <laughs> I'm going to turn left. Yeah. Well, I need a double for, uh, for a cock, for a cockpit uh, seat when you decide to fly. That is something that the, the I, I forget if I mentioned it when we were talking about the uh, the the dream dice to pixels HQ mm -hmm. having a, a like a flight sim cockpit. Yeah. I think I mentioned it yep. then would yep. be. So yeah, it like it yeah. it purely depends on what your poison is uh, for racing games. I've always preferred the arcadey kind of insane drifting around corners and all that stuff. My favorite. My favorite racing game is probably Burnout Revenge. And it came out uh, on the Xbox 360 PS3. And it was just a crazy, just a crazy, like straight up drifting, just unrealistic racing game where you could like smash into yeah. people, make them um, crash. And I, I might put up a, a, a cover art right here, but uh, on the cover art for the game, there is a car in midair doing a, a barrel roll essentially yeah. <laughs> from having had a collision. So yeah. 
yeah clearly <clears throat> clearly not much of a sim game. yeah it's 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 fun because they the burnout series always had this uh this mode in it called crash mode where you drive your car into an intersection and you try to cause as much damage financially as as you possibly can and it had different tiers for it but then after a while you this meter starts to build up in revenge this meter will start to build up and it's called crash breaker and when it's full you hit a button and your car explodes and anything in the vicinity explodes too and outward to cause more damage this sounds like my type of game <laughs> it's great like i i loved it like burnout burnout revenge was by far and away like my favorite in the series um so that like that's my kind of racing game. That's what I like. So so this is from the Wikipedia article on it. A new gameplay feature in Burnout Revenge is the ability to ram same way small to medium traffic known as traffic checking. <laughs> you you can rear end you, you just rear end them and it knocks them out of the way like any cuz there's always like certain tracks where there's a lot of traffic there, right? And yeah, you just there's a mode <laughs> There's a mode in it. And I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called like Rampage or something where you that's your timer extends every time you rear end like all these cars and you can combo them and into other cars and all this stuff. Ridiculously fun. So much so that I think I might redownload it on the Xbox Series X. So yes. um, not to say that I wouldn't play that or yeah. that I wouldn't enjoy it, but that's not the sort of racing that I was thinking about picking up. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I think I would probably pick up, uh, probably Gran Turismo. I mean that, I think that was the last racing game that I played. Yeah. It's just that I probably played like Gran Turismo three and we're up to 42, seven, 42. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was thinking about, I, I don't know that I'm actually going to buy like, uh, the cockpit rig or anything. Yeah. Cause I, they're actually cheaper than I thought they were. Yeah. Like it looks like you can get a half decent one for 200 bucks that you just bolt stuff to. Mm -hmm. I might, but I, I do think I am going to get like a decent uh, wheel and pedal set because. So, yeah, I'll say uh, Forza Horizon 4 and 5 are both on Game Pass. Um, they're worth checking out. That's actually what made me think about this is that there's like a whole bunch yep. of racing games on Game Pass. Yeah, they're definitely worth checking out. Um, uh, Grid, I think Grid and Grid Legends are both also on Game Pass. Uh, they're good too. They're, they're good racing games. Um and also too, like uh, you can't go wrong with Crash Team Racing, man. Could you imagine playing Crash Team Racing with like an actual racing rig? That'd oh be God, amazing. That'd be I mean, if I get one, we can play it. Oh. That'd be so dope. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll have to eventually. We'll have to get like a multiplayer setup that you can do head to head in a in a rig. Mm -hmm. And can then you we'll hook up those rigs to switches like Nintendo switch. Oh, I don't know about that. Because oh. most of them are USB. That's unfortunate because um, Mario Kart would have been hilarious as well. Let's find out. Well, no, we'll, we'll find out after that. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure somebody out there knows the answer. Uh, yeah, that would be fairly amusing. Although not sure how that would work since the controls for Mario Kart don't exactly lend themselves to, proper feedback or anything Psh. it's either go full steam or don't <laughs> so it's basically the same as crash <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah. there's um and also there's uh also lonely mountain downhill uh yeah. which is the going just driving biking. your mountain bike yeah. downhill which is really fun too that reminds me sorry go ahead you want to drive a mountain bike down a hill 
No, although I do have a mountain bike specifically for that purpose. It's pretty crazy right now. We can get some insane wipeouts. I mean, it's a fat tire bike. It does pretty well in the snow. Ooh. Like it's it's chonky tire. Ah. Because I'm I'm a fat guy, so I have fat tires. <laughs> um no it's it's me i can call myself fat it's okay sexy uh well i didn't those aren't mutually exclusive um so draw rider is a game it's one of the like 40 cent games that i picked up a while ago Ah. i think it's like 99 cents regular maybe um excite bike did either of you ever play excite bike it's a little bit like that where yeah. like there's eventually as you get further in the game, there's like saw blades that you have to dodge and stuff like that. Oh, cool. And there's like gravity reversals and everything. It reminded me a lot of the Excite bike, but it's all like pencil drawing. Like there's no oh. like textures to it except for your guy. You can get like helmets and stuff. Mm. Um, but the the levels get progressively more detailed as you go. Um, and it's not just a bike. There's also like a hoverboard and like a monster truck and like a scooter. Um, (laughs) It's like frustrating, difficult, frustratingly difficult at times. Mm -hmm. But uh, I kind of dig it. I've played a little bit of it. I've actually a little bit. I've probably played two or three hours of it at least. Mm -hmm. And for 40 cents, I got to say it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, I was talking about Graveyard Keeper earlier. Uh, It is quite on sale at the moment. It's like five bucks or yeah, something. something like that so uh if you're interested in a in a creepy weird stardew valley uh check it out because it is good uh. um did you notice the name of the pub in that game oh yeah yeah, yeah. the, the, dead, ha- the dead, dead horse I, I was thinking of it as an inn but yeah, yeah the dead ta- horse yeah yeah dead yeah. horse tavern yeah i uh <laughs> i'm looking forward to fixing the fountain or pool out front whatever it is so that i can go swimming i, I don't know if you can do that swimming in blood well, you the one of the things that you craft is a bucket of blood. So uh, I assume eventually oh, I can dump enough blood into the pool to fill it up. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. that that game's. Uh, I've been really impressed with Graveyard Keeper, and there's so the there's like a package with all the DLC right now. I did not get the DLC initially because mm. I wasn't sure if I'd enjoy it, but I think I'm going to go back and buy all the DLC for it. Mm-hmm. So, did you ever play Stardew Valley? Uh, I yeah, I have it. I even played it a little bit. Um, wasn't evil enough? Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> I, that's kind of the truth. Uh, so yeah. I played a lot of uh, Factorio. Yep. And I'm trying to think of all the other games that Rim I've World. played that are uh, sort of, yeah, RimWorld, Stardew Valley-ish. Um, and I think the thing is that at the time that Stardew Valley came out, I had been playing a bunch of other ones. And Stardew Valley wasn't different enough for me to get into it. Ah, okay. Whereas this one, it's like, okay, no, this is like, this is different. This is you're managing a graveyard, which is like distinctly different. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a shot. And then once you get, once the story starts unraveling, which it's it's a pretty light story, mm-hmm. but it's a very dark story. <laughs> um, so I uh, that was enough to sort of get me hooked. And then once I'm hooked on any of these games, I, I take it to the nines. So right on. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, right on. I'm going to play it with my racing wheel and pedals. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to have to try this now. You might like it. The fact that well, it's graveyard? evil just yeah. makes it all the better. Yeah. You, uh, I, without, I, I think that this is the only spoiler I'm going to give, uh, cause it's, it's little spoiler, 
uh, you find yourself in the middle of an inquisition. Cool. Nice. Helping the inquisition. Nice. Uh, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it gets pretty dark and then it gets darker from there. Can you name your character in it? Uh, no, no. You, you're just called the graveyard keeper slash oh, okay. people abbreviate it to keeper. Cause I was going to say, did you name yours Phineas? No. Although, <laughs> I mean, well, the, the nice thing is like nobody ever calls you by a name at all. So you yeah. can be called whatever you want. It's just nobody actually calls yeah. you that name. So, but, uh, yeah, no, I've been enjoying it. Uh, and then I downloaded something else, but I can't remember what it was that was going to be next on my list. I remember you talking about it. I know that that's too. super helpful for everybody. Yep. It doesn't matter because I'm not going to get to it before next week's episode anyways, I don't think so. Yeah, I remember you talking about it as well. Yeah, yeah, there was something. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if anybody cares slash doesn't already know, uh, there's a big base builder Steam mm-hmm. sale going on, uh, or at least there was. I think it's still going on. Uh, that's why um, Graveyard Keeper was on sale. Yeah. Bunch of games like it are. So if that's your, your jam... Give it a go. Yeah. So go buy it now. Do it. I recommend Ooh. it. I wholeheartedly recommend it. Yeah. From I haven't played a whole lot. I think I only played one in-game week last night and I liked it so far. So. Riveting dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I it, the, the best thing for me is how like um, how cutesy and upbeat all the audio is, like the music and the... Mm-hmm. The like chipper NPCs and everything else in the middle of this like clearly demonic cult that's going on. <laughs> it reminds me like that reminds me of, like Cult of the Lamb. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, similar. Which was yeah, like, you're just <laughs> yeah. It's kind of Cult of the Lamb meets Stardew Valley. Ah, Valley. Perfect. That's that's kind of yeah. what it is. Well, no, that's its vibe. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right on. What time are we at? Uh, fifteen. Ah, we're we're later than I thought we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking we we should uh, move on to something else super interesting, but we don't really have time to. Uh, what else was, there was something else that we were going to talk about briefly, but I don't remember what it was. Batman we're, Escape from Arkham. Oh yeah. That yeah. is, that is yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, so I had, I thought that I was going to be able to like tell Chad some like cool news because Batman Escape from Arkham Asylum, the board game is on GameFound and it's got 11 days left. And I was like, yeah, Chad will love this. We'll like order it. It's 129 euros and then another 35 euros to ship it to Canada, which means that it's basically a $220 game, which is, that game is not worth 220 bucks. It's like, don't get me wrong. The miniatures look good. And and I think that it's got a decent amount of stuff in it, but Mm -hmm. it does not look like it's anywhere near as in-depth as some of the other games like Madara or Gloomhaven or anything like that. Or Wonderbook. Or even Wonderbook, yeah, which was only 100, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm not going to back it. Maybe it'll. Maybe when it eventually filters yeah. down to real it, retail someday, but uh, I was pretty floored when I saw the price, which, in fairness, if it was like $130, $140 Canada, Canadian and was shipping from Canada... I think that would be okay, but it's literally, it's like 220 bucks. And that's assuming you don't get hit by any duties or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Too much. Doesn't so the, Doesn't it usually tend to be a bit better coming from overseas as opposed to America? In terms oh, yeah. of like Shipping. duties and yeah. stuff? Uh, yeah. So, so in theory, uh, I think this was one of the games. So more and more Kickstarters and GameFounds and whatever are doing what they're called friendly shipping, which is basically they prepay the customs for you. 
they they figure out what the costumes are actually going to be and then they prepay them. So in theory, I'm I think that this game wouldn't run into that. But it's still 220 bucks and a possibility that it will and yeah. a possibility that it gets lost on in transit or mm-hmm. gets delayed at a port or any of that nonsense. So not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was briefly excited. Yeah. Teach me to get my hopes We up. can be excited for other people. Yeah. I mean, if you pre-ordered it, let us know. Uh, I'd be interested in knowing what people think about it. I will mm-hmm. be watching the YouTube reviews when it comes out like everybody else um, or anybody else who cares anyways. But uh, I do not think I will be one of the people that has a copy. Probably doesn't hold a candle to spill jimmers. Right. Yeah. Well, now that Wizards uh, released Beholder, uh, Sarah's, Sarah said earlier mm-hmm. that we're going to have a Beholder gym. Yep. 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 Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully, uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I'll finally get my first diceling. Oh, you yeah. ordered one? Yes. yes, awesome. Yes, uh, estimated uh, middle of February. So cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so. those are those are really really cool. Yeah. I I think uh, I didn't realize they were available yet. Yep, I'll have to order a couple as well because <laughs> they look super cool. For anyone who doesn't know what these are, uh, they are the merchandise for the new D and D movie. They are little D20s that that transform into like an owl bear, dragons, uh a beholder. Beholder, yeah. Two, that's two dragons, yeah. a beholder, and an owl. Yeah. So. They're they're super cool. Yeah. Anyone who likes Transformers and or cool things. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our resident Transformer nerd. Damn proud of it. Mm-hmm. As you should be. Yes. I guess um, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, this was a bit of a meandering one, but yeah. uh, I had fun. Hopefully yeah. everybody at home did too. I mean, we talked about games and stuff. We mm. did talk about games. We always have a fantastic time talking about games. And if, stuff. yeah, we always do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if history repeats itself in any way, shape or form, uh, by about an hour from now, I will have ordered a full racing rig. Well, there so. we go. It's <laughs> kind of how it worked with the Steam Deck, and wasn't the it? Xbox. Yeah. 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 Steam Deck and Xbox. Yeah. It was like just after we went offline uh, or stopped recording, I was like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to know if that happens, check out our Discord. Yeah. And you can I'm, find out right there. I'll I'm sure we'll it, post something in there. I'll post it on Discord if I buy one. I realistically, I will not be buying it tonight because I, I need to do some research if I'm going to actually pull the trigger yeah, on absolutely. this. Yeah. But there's a good chance I'll have ordered it by next week. <laughs> and on that note, Sarah, take us out. Oh, you did it again. Thanks like for it. watching. Here you go. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button if you feel like it. Join our Discord. Come talk to us. Be your friends. Yes. We like hearing from you. Let us know what you've been playing this week in the comments below. Below. That was perfect. Good and job. we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it.